Hello everyone. Today we look at a couple verses out of Proverbs chapter 22 verses 5 and 6. Here's what it says. Thorns and snares are in the way of the crooked. Whoever guards his soul will keep far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So there's a couple of threads here I want to take a look at. First, whoever guards his soul will stay clear of snares and thorns. This does not mean that godly people will not face trouble. Or even always take the easy and safe route to avoid trouble. Nor should we. While we are here, we cannot escape the fact that this world is still broken. And although those who are believers are righteous in Christ, we are still a broken work in progress, practically. And troubles in this world, they remind us of the healer of all the brokenness. So in that sense, they're pointing us in the, in the right direction. They point us to the great physician and even our brokenness and death points us to the one who rose from the grave and the one who raises the dead so we cannot escape the brokenness of the world god will make all things new at the right time when he chooses and this goes along i think with philippians 3 20 and 21 paul says but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. You know, our brokenness, even in death, points us to Jesus, our healer. So we can take comfort in that. So in today's passage, I don't think Solomon is saying to guard our souls against uh, the brokenness of the physical world but rather the snares and thorns of wickedness and sin. I mean, like a trap or a snare, they promise satisfaction and lure us in, but they lead to destruction, right? But look, let's be honest. None of us truly guard our soul from evil 100% of the time. I mean, if you're a believer, you didn't do that before you came to Christ, and even now you're a work in progress, and if we look at this truth in conjunction with verse 6, it's pretty obvious that none of us train up our children 100% in the way we should either. Uh, even aside from all the words we speak, which are not perfect, right? Uh, our own work in progress life also is a teacher itself, and we all practically fall short. So both of these two things... Um, guarding our own soul and training up our children the way they should go. We all fall short in those things, right? But even though we fall short, I think the first thread in this passage today is that of our responsibility to guard our own soul. And the second thread is that we are to also guard the hearts of our children. So that's the path we're on right? For ourselves, it's called repentance. It doesn't mean we're perfect. Um, it's a turning around from the path we were on when we walked toward wickedness and we guarded our heart from God, actually, in His way. So we've done an about face. If we're a believer, that means we've put our faith in Christ. And 
his working in our life. And now when we sin, we repent. So we're walking in circles of repentance. And as we grow, those circles get smaller. So we don't go as far away from the Lord and we grow in him. That's the first thread. And the second thread is a commandment of sharing godliness with others. And here Solomon is focusing on sharing godliness with our children. We see an example of failure in this in the life of Eli, the priest who had two wicked sons. You may remember the story. Hopni and Phineas. Uh, Hannah, remember, gave her firstborn to the Lord. His name was Samuel. He became a great prophet. He ministered in the temple under Eli. And when God first came to Samuel as a child, God gave him a prophecy about Eli and his wicked sons. 1 Samuel 3.13. So this is a part of the prophecy. This is what God said to Samuel about Eli and his sons. And I declare to him, that I am about to punish this house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. So you can read all about that in 1 Samuel chapter 3. So we're accountable to be intentional in guarding not only our own soul but the hearts of our children. And the thing is, these same two threads run through our children. In other words, they also bear responsibility to guard their own soul and the souls of their children. So we're all accountable to God in our comings and our goings and our titles, our guardianships, all the hats we wear in this life, every breath, every heartbeat. And if we're a believer, God is the one who works in us and on us in this endeavor. And the Holy Spirit guides us to see and experience this amazing joy that comes in being accountable to God. It's a being on a different mission than glorifying ourselves. It's glorifying God. And God's created us in a way that this is our purpose and this is where we find joy. So of today's verses, I suppose the most tension comes Uh, in verse 6, the most difficulty in maybe understanding and processing. And yet, I think it's the most hopefulness that we can find for our children right here in verse 6. And it says, train up a child in the way he should go. And then what does it say? Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. As parents, we hold that promise dear to us, close to our heart. Even as we might even see our children wandering and straying from the truths, we try to teach them as they grow into adulthood. And the verse begins, train up a child in the way it should go. I have to be honest, this verse is difficult for me to completely discern and and rightly divide. It's still one I love to ponder. Don't get me wrong, I think we can see some amazing truths in the verse. We can find comfort and uh, clear practical application, but I think there's just some mystery here, at least for me, that the Lord will one day bring to light. But but I do think it, it was a truth Solomon clearly witnessed, and it's a truth we all see from time to time in life. Our parents bringing up their children in the Lord, and when they become old, the children do not depart from 
the Lord. <laughs> so the verb translated, train, shanak, means to put something in the mouth or to give something to be tasted, but it carries with it something more. It, it appears that at this word's conception, it referred to the first taste. It was the rubbing of a softened date on the palate of a newborn baby by midwives, even before the babe took of its mother's milk. So it's the awakening of the taste buds to something good that will influence a person's lifelong desires. So that's the way I see this, this verb here, train up a child, put something in its mouth and rub something on its palate so that the babe may taste of its goodness and be awakened to its goodness. So, you know, even before this, God wanted Israel to teach the amazing ways of the Lord to their children. Things like his love and provision, his discipline, and, and all the miracles of deliverance that displayed his power to the whole world. Deuteronomy 6-7 says, You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. Boy, we could learn a lot from that, right? Uh, we tend to box things up and go from one box to another. But this teaching and this praising and acknowledging God needs to be in every box of our life. Psalm 78, 4. We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders that He has done. So we just looked at how this word train carries with it the idea of tasting. And you know, the truth is a parent cannot turn on the spiritual taste buds of their children. Only God does that. He's the one who opens our eyes to his beauty. I mean, he's the one who shows us how he's the greatest treasure in the universe, worth leaving everything for. But still, as parents, like the midwives of old, we are to rub this wonderful flavor of the glory of God upon the tongues of our children. But it's God who gives them the ability to, to savor him as the bread of life, uh, the living water that truly satisfies. But still, I think that a child cannot help but be influenced by their parents, right? I mean, there's things that they're taught early on that stick with them throughout life. Even when their heart does not follow in the way it should go, these things are running in the background somewhere. <laughs> and they push them to the side, right? I suspect that even in old age, they will follow some of the legalistic routines that they were taught by their parents. And the thing is, if those things were things of God, even in the most seemingly impossible circumstances, the seed is there, ready to sprout at God's quickening. Uh, the Word of God that was planted, it can still bring fruit that will awaken the, the spiritual taste buds and, and be savored by our children, even in old age. And I think we can see the truth that Solomon is talking about in the words of the Apostle Paul, when he wrote to Timothy. In 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 and 15, it says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been 
acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Father God, thank you for your word that we've looked at today, how we are charged to guard our soul from the thorns and the snares and the ways of of crookedness and how we're also to do the same for our children and train them and disciple them and bring them up to see you for who you truly are, glorious above anything the world could ever offer. And until you open our eyes, Father, to see your beauty and the beauty of your Son as good news for our souls, then our eyes only see the promises of the world. And so we choose from those uh, for satisfaction, but, but it does not come. So Father God, please, I pray for our children today, Lord. Please open their eyes to your word. Help us to continue and persevere in bragging on you to them, Lord. Even if we did not do it when they were young, we start where we are right now, Lord. And it's you that opened their eyes, Father. So I pray desperately for our children, Father, that they may see your glory and be transformed. Israel was called to share your glory with their children in their comings and goings and all that they did and not to let up. And Father, that charge, I believe, is for us also, not to box it off. Thank you for the gift of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross and in his resurrection, Father. We love you so much. In Jesus' name.